Welcome to the next episode in our Bottlenecks podcast series. My name is Lauren and again with me today I've got Luke, Peter and Ashley and together we make up the Viago team here in Sydney. Um, We are discussing bottlenecks within um, our chosen industries or businesses and um, how to overcome them I guess. Um, We have discussed in previous episodes finding the bottleneck, um, how to optimize it, so how to get the most out of it. Today we're going to look at um, coordinate, which is basically using systems to coordinate the rest of the business to optimize that constraint. So Luke, you want to start us off today with your one? Um, yep. <laughs> so, for those who have been following on, uh, you know that I am been focusing on uh, protein supplement warehouse, uh, where we identified the constraint as being the picker uh, within the distribution process. Um, in terms of coordination um, and getting the most out of the pickers, obviously the goal of the business is to um, deliver as many orders as possible. So orders get made, uh, they get picked, packed and then sent out and so the, the goal of the business is to get all of those orders out in a timely manner. Um, how we coordinate that at the moment um, and get the most out of it is that those orders are pre-printed before you get there so you're not wasting time to to print those orders once the, the pickers get there. Um, so those are already pre, pre-printed and ready to go. Also, when we're talking about coordination, um, you may have previously remembered myself talking about how at a certain time a shop, the shop opens up um, at, at nine, nine o'clock after an 8.30 start. Um, and so normally there's only two pickers within the warehouse that are doing these orders. Um, and part of coordination is that we had some rules around what the priorities are for those two people within the business. Um, So it always was customers first. So this was, if a customer came into the shop and you could make an immediate sale, then that was just as good as getting an order out. So you wouldn't leave that person out there. So one person would go into the shop um, and help that person. Uh, Same with a phone call, if the phone call rang, then one person would be dedicated to answer that call. with the main goal, two people doing that, one person is always packing though. So one person would be in charge of taking calls, helping other customers, and the other person just packs. Um, so that was kind of one key step in the coordination. Um, at times, there may be two people out in the shop, um, and, and I think that was a mistake, um, because orders don't get, get sent out, um, you get behind. I think one person could have been out there possibly, and even if the shop got a bit busier, maybe that person just has to, has to deal with that. And I think in any retail kind of environment, I think people are used to waiting a little bit. Um, and there were set rules around the shop as well. Um, if someone had their products ready, you might, you might be like, hold up, I'm just gonna serve this person, let them get out of the shop, and then, and then I'll carry on and, and give you more advice about what supplements you could use. Um, in terms of other coordination, not too sure um, what else we, we kind of did to, to coordinate um, around the business. Obviously there, are, there was actually another person who wasn't in the warehouse who was in charge of kind of like customer service. So any calls actually went to them first. 
Um, so that wasn't kind of, we had a team. So there were two people within the warehouse that were kind of in charge of packing, picking, packing, and then dealing with the shop. And we also had someone in the upstairs who was kind of doing customer service, dealing with any orders, yep. um, any issues with orders or anything like that. So we didn't have to worry about that. Yep. So we coordinated everything kind of to do with customer service, any kind of questions we could forward on the calls to them, um, things like that. So, so yeah, that, I guess there was a bit more coordination than I thought there was. Yeah, okay. And is there any, anything I suppose you could change or, I mean, it's not like, again, we don't have to do every one of these steps. We go through all of these steps as a checklist, but yeah. you might not apply all of them. So maybe, maybe it was running pretty smoothly. Yeah, I mean, I think the key distinction um, for us was, and I suppose that could be improved. So the thing that I would change was having a set hard rule where only one person leaves to leaves yeah, the right. packing. Yeah, so someone yeah. is always picking orders. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd expect that to be the person who is the quickest person at packing orders. So out yeah. of the two people that you may have on at a time, the person who is the best picker doesn't leave the picking and packing role because it's kind of joint. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think we'll get to that in the next kind of step and, and collaborate. Yeah. But the picking and packing is one step. It's not one person picks, one person packs. Yeah. You pick and pack for yourself um, and they should stay there. And the other person who may be slower and it was quite well known, like who would be kind of the sl- slower person of the two, yep. they would be the one that goes into the shop um, and only really interrupt that other person if they needed help. Like, yeah, right. oh, I'm not too sure about this product. This person's asking for, you know, a special type of supplement. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about it. Do you? And then you're switching over, not both being in the shop. And at certain times, there would be both of you in the shop there and helping. And then another customer might come in. And then, because there's two of you out there, you're hesitant to then leave and leave one person mm. out there, if that makes sense. So yep. you've got one customer there, then two shop assistants kind of go out there to help yep. because they need the help. And then more customers come in and you don't want to be you seen as up. an extra person out there then yep. leaving and ditching when yeah, yeah, so right. you get stuck helping another customer, then another customer comes in yep. and then you've kind of stopped packing now for half an hour because you've got caught up certain yeah. customers. So yeah, hard set rule where one person is always packing, yep. non-stop. You're the constraint, it always has to be someone picking and packing yep. orders. Yeah. yeah, okay, makes sense. Any other questions? Awesome. No, I think you covered it very well. Good job. That's a well done, Luke. That's a well done. That's a well done. Gold star. There you go. Who's next? Flow down the line. Oh yeah, okay. We'll let the boys go first today. All right. So um, yeah, and ours. It's interesting if you think. Oh, sorry. To, to for anybody who's jumping back in, trying to remember where we are. Uh, I'm doing the uh, the flight school, the Aero Club flight school, um, and we've identified uh, the instructors as the bottleneck uh, for for the flight school. Uh, when it comes to anything to do with flying or the plane side of it. Uh, I think all of that stuff is so regulated in aviation that there's naturally coordinate, like there is a process there and it's handed off and certain things are a little tedious 
like pre-flight checks that you do every time and you pretty much never find anything wrong, but that's why you do them in case you find something wrong, right? Like It'll be that one time you don't do it and there'll be something wrong. Exactly. Every, every policy and every system and every law to do with aviation, as, as the old dogs in the industry say, uh, has a blood trail behind it. It's there because somebody died yeah. once. And so... Those are the kind of things that you got to do. So that side of it, I think, is, is pretty well covered once you actually head out towards the plane. So um, I thought about that a bit, but it just, it, you know, there's checklists to check things, there's, there's processes to go, all, all of that. So I think on the inside, um, so to speak, uh, before you get to the hangar and the actual sort of training um, office or whatever, uh, is probably where, where coordinate could come in a little more. Again, it's, it's fairly well organised. Um, I guess making sure that you have a good, a good um, like diary and order system and things like this. Um, they're still quite manual for a lot of um, billing and all that sort of tasks. Uh, and depending on, if they have an admin person, then sure, it's not coming off the instructor's time. But most of them, because it's just something they do at the end of the training... Uh, the instructor will do up the invoice either there or then or they'll type it up and send it to the person so either having software to do that I mean it's fairly obvious like pretty much the only variable is how long the flight was yeah. and so you times flight time by playing at a higher time yeah. um, but then the, add the briefing to costs and things to it so it's pretty standardised stuff so you can probably have a system quite well for that um, if, if, you're, if the aero club was too small to have a dedicated admin person um, so that all of that can get handled and things um, separately. So that uh, that will be one where the it's just something the the instructors don't need to do and kind of kind of kills their time a little bit. Um, and another one would just be making sure all the uh, I guess all the paperwork and everything is is ready for each student. So one thing that happens is at the end of and every every flight um, you know flight school thing. I'll, I'll, been around uh, does it the same way so it might be regulated by the government I don't know or might just be good standard industry practice but you write you write um, debrief notes on what happened in the lesson and those should be and in most cases are um, read uh, by the instructor with the student before the next um, before the next flight so so you come in and before you get into it um, you read through those and that that means that they can change instructors and things you still get the notes like you know if, if if there was, oh, flight went pretty well, but, um, you know, kept accidentally gaining 100 feet of altitude and had to keep correcting it, yeah. then that's something they can watch for sort of thing. So that gives uh, them some uh, notes there. So that's a, yeah. that's a bit of coordinate there that's, that's quite, yeah, yeah. quite useful. Um, because, of course, the instructor's got a lot of students as well, so they're not going to remember, oh, yeah, this is Peter. Yeah, he's always accidentally um, gaining 100 feet in the circuit. And you can't do that, right? You've got to fly at exactly 1,000 mm-hmm. feet. Um and so, oh yeah, that's right, I need to you know, coach them on that when we get up in the plane again. Yeah. So I think that's a, a, a bit of um, coordinate that they've got there as well. Mm-hmm. Again, I think, I think they are yeah, fa- fairly well coordinated. Um, there's some little things here and there yeah, they, they could do to systematise things. Um, but there's a few things that go on my mind that I collaborate <laughs> um, yeah. that, that we'll cover next time. I think, I think that one's... Um, a bit easier for these these smaller businesses. Yeah. So thinking about us, you know, the projects we do, uh, coordinate comes into it a lot. Like we quite often put a software system in place, and if not, we at least put quite a large system in place 
but these are these are bigger organisations. They're anywhere, you know, from you know, maybe twenty people in the team or whatever to fifty to hundred to a couple of hundred. You know, coordinate starts to matter more as, as the volume grows. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to organise all those people around the bottlenecks, trying to make sure there's not that siloing thing. My uh, major thing with this um, step is making sure people. Uh, like departments and things aren't competing against each other you don't have metrics that pits them against each other everybody should be working to the same goal and if all of those teams know where the bottleneck is in their flow they should understand that well the goal of our whole flow is to get you know x number of say products out the door and in order to meet that we need to maximize the the bottleneck flow rate so that way you can have everybody that will be a, a coordinate step so KPIs is one way you could realign coordination around the bottleneck not having KPIs that are specific to your team or your department but ones that are specific to the whole flow and therefore based on the, the bottleneck flow mm-hmm. um, but yeah I don't, I don't think that comes in too much here I mean they have a couple of instructors and, and things and um, yeah I think I think fairly well coordinated again it's the systematization is fairly strong in aviation because of all that regulation mm-hmm. so yeah but collaborating with a few ideas for, for yeah. next time <laughs> I think that's going to be a longer episode yeah I think it might yeah. be yeah yeah all right we're going right around the end to <laughs> um I think mine is a bit more complicated okay um, good oh, <laughs> but you know it's funny because when you were saying that like different departments should work together for the overall goal. Mm-hmm. I think that's entirely true. But I think that in the retail world, going to um, uh, this retail company that I used to work for, it's a fashion retail company, there'd be different departments. So there'd be like a men's department and yep. accessories department and a women's department. And um, I think you're right in the way of coordinating between the three departments and making it more efficient would be um, instead of giving the men's department, you ha- you know, in the men's department space, you have to sell $800. And yeah, the like, in the men's department, you'd have to sell $800 today, for right. example. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the, the women's department today, you have to sell $2,000. And then yeah. the accessories department, let's say, for $600. Um, instead of doing it that way, I feel like, from the management perspective, whoever's running the floor should say, this is the overall target. Yeah, right. This is what we're all yeah. aiming yep. to reach. Um, and it should be more interconnected where um, the men's department, if, you know, and I think this falls heavily upon a manager to coordinate the floor mm-hmm. to say that, look, the men's department isn't as busy as women's department at this time. Yeah. Could I get, you know, maybe one person to go over there? I mean, that is tapping into collaborate a bit. But I think from the management perspective, it's a bit more yeah. coordination yeah. Um, and being able to coordinate the floor in that sense and um, smoothly running the bottlenecks within the, you know, within the process of traffic to sales associate to cashier so I think that would be the, the coordination for myself yep that makes sense I remember years ago uh, when I was working at um, supermarket when it got real busy even though we were in what they call groceries department which is basically uh, stocking the shelves yep. um, when it got real busy you know like around 5 5.30 rush uh, they'd quite often call us up to the mm-hmm. checkouts even just for 15 minutes just to clear the backlog like two of us would jump on the two empty checkouts and we were rubbish at it, right? Because the people who are on the checkouts all the time, they get to know all the codes for everything. Yeah. And we're like flicking through, you know. That's back in the day. Yeah, yeah. We had these laminated things. And then when I was there, it changed to um, the, the... The barcode sort of thing. 
um, you, like the touchscreen things like you have oh, now yeah. for the self-serve um, yeah. with the you know, with the tomatoes the, are in there and yeah. the pictures are there so you sort of go around through that um, you didn't have to type in the codes anymore yeah. and that got easier because we could just log in through that and it tracked who we were oh, okay. um, but yeah and I mean we were slow but it's it's that same bottleneck thing right like it doesn't matter how slow it is like if you're adding two really slow resources to the bottleneck it's still the bottleneck so it's still yeah. going to help the overall flow yeah, of the business. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're just adding so, a resource and... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you can just put the stuff on the shelves later. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. It's a little bit, little bit similar where, yeah, when yeah. it was surged, you'd move. Yeah. And that's we and like and that's again I think that's upon the you have to if you have to put trust into the manager running the floor. Yeah. Because that manager has to make that call and yeah. put the resource into the bottleneck when the bottleneck is being constrained. Yeah. yeah. A bit more than other times. So I think that that's a lot of um, trust into the manager to oversee all that. So. Yeah. 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 yeah good. That's me, Lauren. Awesome. That wasn't difficult. We talked no, about it. No, I said, I th- you know what? I think I, I went into it thinking how difficult mm. it was going to be. Yeah. Like I was stressing before this about how am I going to say this? How like how do I explain this? But it's easier said than done. Did well. <laughs> um, yeah. So the coffee shop. I guess um, we found that the bottleneck was the whole coffee making process. Yeah. Um, I guess this coffee shop in particular um, had good systems and processes in place, um, you know, good registers, the coffee machine itself works really well. Um, they have like open and closed procedures, cleaning procedures, which help each department within the coffee shop. Sounds weird saying department in a coffee shop, but each, <laughs> each section. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, when you're closing, you have to make sure that everything's restocked for the guys the next morning. So it makes their... Right. They yeah. start easy, like they're not running around trying to find stuff, which then slows down the process of, of making a coffee. Yeah. Um, I guess they also have, because you can get different flavors of coffee, you can add different mm-hmm. things to coffees. Um, they would have, you know, labels on all the um, jars and the and the bottles and things like that, which would tell you how much you would need to add into each coffee. So it right. kind of made it easier to know what oh, you're adding yeah. in yeah. measurement-wise than having oh. to like pull out a sheet and be like, how much goes in here or, or what goes in here kind of thing. Um, I guess, yeah, they could maybe have a few more procedures in place, not so much system orientated, but just maybe like checklists or procedures, you know, stuck to the wall or something like that. Like when the grind of the coffee does go one way, not the other, mm-hmm. the right way, um, and it does kind of backlog the coffee, um, just how to fix it because not everybody within the coffee shop would know how to do it you'd be calling on a manager or you know um a supervisor to say hey how does this work so i guess um yeah making sure everybody knew how to do that oh yeah that's a good one breakdowns at the bottleneck it's not even covered because it's huge in manufacturing but not not necessarily a lot of um, other industries but no it's a good point breakdowns at the bottleneck are expensive because yeah every minute there is if technically as if the whole production line is stopped for a minute right because that's your bottleneck yeah um so people don't treat it um, sometimes as severely as they should, but yeah, they should. They should be like, whoever can help this, yeah. drop what you're doing and do it now. Yeah. Like if, if someone would, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think most of the time that would be the issue is that your your coffee's not running the right speed or or the right um, consistency. So that would be the one that you would need to fix. And yeah. if the person who's making the coffee, the barista at the time, doesn't know how that works mm. or how to fix it, you're then calling your manager. And if there's a manager not there, then you're calling a supervisor or. Um, you're just wasting time and yeah. I guess also the pace of making the coffee um, 
you slow down for one, you're going to backlog the rest of it as well, yep. trying to keep a steady pace as to what you're, what you're doing and how, mm. and how it's going. Yeah, right. So, yeah, like I said, they're, they've got really good procedures in place for, for how things work and, yep. and things like that. I guess being a coffee shop, you've got to be careful. You don't want to make someone a bad coffee um, or, yeah, or serve bad food or anything like that. So there are a lot of coordinates. So a lot of the focus has to be put onto the bottleneck in that sense yeah. where, you know, no matter where you are, what you're doing, that's your money maker and that's sort of where all the focus has to be is on, mm-hmm. yeah. on the bottleneck, Yeah, which is a coffee machine. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven forbid if that ever broke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. But, yeah. Yeah. So for anybody, um, yeah, following at home and thinking, ah, oh, what 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 am I looking at for coordinate? Or maybe, maybe you got there already um, in the in the previous step um, from between last time and this time. But if you're a bit like we were, uh, it's it's important to note again. I'll just go back to the checklist idea that you work your way down these, and we're trying to break it down for you. And so we're trying to be specific as to what one each is, but it. it doesn't actually matter. Like no, no. the effect is the same. Um, there's no point in arguing in your office. Oh, is this a coordinate or collaborate step? Who cares? Do it. But just yeah. do it. <laughs> we're only we're only arguing because we're trying to make it clear for you. Um, and if you look, if you wanted to go back and look at the the previous or one of the other ways uh, these steps are described, which is the five focusing steps, the three C's in our focus method we're following from Clark Ching, coordinate, collaborate, and curate all come under the one, which is uh, called subordinate, which sounds a little more intense, Uh, but essentially it's about how do you get all of the other functions of the the business and decision-making to support the constraint. Optimize is looking just at the constraint. How do we get more out of that? Or the bottleneck, how do we get more out of that? Uh, And then the next one, subordinate, or in this case, the next three, coordinate, collaborate, curate, is now looking broader at the rest of the business, how do they function in a way that maximizes uh, the flow through the bottleneck? Uh, So if you're looking at it, it really doesn't matter what it counts as. It's important to look at optimize first. Obviously you need to find the constraint. It's important to do optimize first because you may as well do whatever you can in the constraint before you can disrupt others. Then disrupt others because they, they by definition, have less of an impact on the, the overall goal of the business. Uh, so you disrupt disrupt them in a, in a useful way for for the flow and for the business, um, and then that's why after those three we get to upgrade. Well, if you're going to spend money upgrading your bottleneck, uh, sometimes it can be horrendously expensive. So you actually can't necessarily immediately. So you should do these first steps. But even if you can afford to do it, why not use the resources you've already got available to maximise uh, the output first, and then look at upgrade. Uh, so yeah, it's it's look look at coordinate. Try and figure out what the um, systems are you can put them in place. Things like don't let anything start to get worked on that's going to get to the constraint that that is missing prerequisites. For example, that, that's the huge one in, in accounting firms. Um, is literally when we work with accounting firms, we have a a separate process where we get juniors or interns or something to do, where all they're doing is they have massive checklists and they're making sure they have every piece of information from the customer so that it doesn't get released, starts getting worked on, comes to the senior accountant who's always the bottleneck in in accounting firms, uh, and then they go, oh, 
oh, I'm halfway through this, and now I'm going to stop and put it down and ring the customer for this piece of information that's right. missing. Yeah. So we don't let it into the system to even be started on yeah. until this pre-rec clearing. Or you could say it's a separate system. Yeah. All of these things are there. All of the information is present, and they chase the customer for it. Yeah. And then it gets released to the constraints. So that, that's an example of coordinate. You're putting a system in, in place to make sure the bottleneck can, can yeah. do as much as I think it's a good example as well. I think like we all had different ways of explaining our coordinating you know within our system but i think mm. that's like probably one of the best ways to explain it in that yeah i mean i mean that's it's easier for me because we've done this a bunch of times so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know i know exactly what it does and i can literally picture a board that'll help build that does it so <laughs> yeah a little easier to explain and, and also it's one of those bigger bigger system things where the bigger your system the bigger your team the more coordinate's going to matter the smaller yeah. it is you might be thinking of this, it might be you and your, your business partner who's just started up your business and you're like, oh man, how can we focus on our bottleneck to really go for it? Yeah. Coordinate's probably not going to matter much to you. You, no. you. you guys, one of you will be slightly more the constraint than the other, yeah. depending on the, whatever the business is, um, or some step you're doing will be. Probably sales, if it's, if yeah. it's an early yeah. startup, unless you've got you know massive, massive capital backing you and you're trying to grow the product first. But anyway... Um, You'd probably subordinate the sales, but coordinate's not really going to matter much in that yeah. environment. So, yeah, go out and, uh, and and look for that. And at the same time, if I mean, you might have found coordinate in the previous step. Uh, next time, we are going to be talking about collaborate. And the difference there is it's less of a system and a process thing, and it's more of a, all right, so you've got these other people. Now you've identified they've got spare capacity. Um, if they can do twice as many things an hour as the bottleneck can or a day and they have to go through the bottleneck, well, then you've just identified they've got 50% capacity. Yeah. Um, so what, what can they do to help, help the constraint? Can they do things for the constraint? Uh, can they even do constraint tasks in a much slower way, but it's still helping yeah. because, it's, because that's what's constraining the business? Uh, so, yeah, look, look for that. Look for what, what can others do uh, that, that specifically takes something off the constraint or, or does it for them yeah. um, to help just get more through that step. So that's what we'll, we'll be discussing uh, next time and that's, that's what's important for you to go look for in your, your business now. I think you have something to give away as well. Oh, we do. Yes, <laughs> good, good reminder. Yeah, uh, well, the, the best book for, for understanding all of this stuff is, is The Bottleneck Rules by Clark Ching. Uh, there's a reason I <laughs> hold it up to the camera, which has just turned itself off again automatically. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason we, we give away this book is because it, it's what we think of as the, the best book to introduce you to constraint-based uh, thinking or bottleneck-based thinking, as, as it's put here. Uh, we're giving away this on our website, so you can just go to uh, viagointernational.com and find the, the giveaway there. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a short read. Um, Clark makes the point when he wrote it that there, there are a bunch of really good in-depth novels about this, this kind of uh, thinking, mm-hmm. um, but not everyone has time or the care for that when they're first getting into something. And this, this is the, the guts of it. This is like the book version, I suppose, of what we're trying to do with this podcast. Of yeah. What is the intro to it? How do you understand it enough that you can deploy it? And, and that's why we think it's the, the best book for this. Um, it's, it's 109 pages, 
uh, so you can you can get through it fairly quickly and actually apply it's really to the point um, and yeah we, we're giving away for free on, on our on our website at the moment so go there and check that out and have a read and uh, and then give us a call and, and talk through the steps and we can have you on the podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. alright sweet alright we'll see you uh, next time then